It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP fans? Amber Bradley, your host, back here with a special guest. Took a while, Jim, but we got you in. Jim Kosaboom, Director of Asset Protection for Retail Business Services, Ahold, which we're, we're going to let you explain that. But first, welcome to the Talk LP hot seat. I'm so glad we finally got you in here. Thanks, Amber. Glad to finally be here. <laughs> okay, so explain for the audience that don't know you, which is, I would, it'd be hard pressed to have our listeners that don't know you because you're such an industry veteran, have been involved in lots of different initiatives from LPRC to RELA, NRF, I mean, FMI, uh, a staple in the industry. However, you know, kind of give people a little bit first, the definition of why you're called retail business services, but you're really awful. Sure. Yeah, we, um, so in the U.S., we were actually part of Ahold Delays, which is a global company in the U.S., uh, where Ahold Delays USA, which consists of five um, local supermarket brands, uh, which all operate um, somewhat autonomously, and that retail business services, we're sort of an organization that we provide services to all of those brands and the support companies within the U.S., um, so it's, it's sort of a unique structure, um, that we, um, we, we serve, serve those or our customers so they can then serve their customers who are out in the, uh, uh, Northeast and Southeast of the U S. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, how some of these corporate, um, organizations call their, you know, headquarters. That's like, that went out right now. It's the support center. It's kind of a similar idea, right? I mean, that you're there supporting the people on the front lines, which are, you know, serving the folks with uh, all through different brands. Absolutely. It's um, we, we do those things centrally, which makes sense to support the uh, local brands. And they they all go to market a little different. And uh, we, we support their different models and um, presents um, some unique challenges. But it um, keeps keeps things lively. Yeah. <laughs> You're never bored, I don't think, with all that you cover. But let's get into that. So a little bit about your background um, in loss prevention and kind of talking about um, I how you got into it, which a lot of times people are like, you know, we fell into this. I didn't know about it, but we want to hear your version. And then, you know, a little bit about your role and what you what you're responsible for. Sure. Yeah, I have actually been with the organization 34 years. Um, as I joked, the, the name has changed of the organizations we've grown uh, started out in the Northeast with our Stop and Shop brand, which in those days was a 200 store regional supermarket chain. Through mergers and acquisitions, we're now part of a um, global company that operates in 10 countries with um, over 7,600 stores. So it's uh, the company's evolved a bit. Um, just in the US, um, our brands operate over 2,200 stores. So um, it's somewhat unique uh, being here for in one company for 34 years. Um, but um, I started when I was obviously three. Um, but it's um, it's it's been a fun ride. Um, there's, there's been ups and downs, but more uh, more positive um, than not than challenges. Um, and it's um, again with the changes in the company, it's provided exposures to things that would never think we're getting exposed to. Um, and lots of different challenges enabled me to grow and obviously creates growth positions um, as you as you go through some of these changes. Um, but I, I sort of started by accident. I actually had worked um, actually as a uh, bagger one summer um, for Stop and Shop, and it was um, 
Um, it was bagger and a cashier. And I said after that summer, okay, that was great. I don't want to go back in the supermarket industry. Um, went to um, um, 12 years of Catholic school and all that. So I decided, um, like a lot of people in this industry, that I was going to go become a priest. Um, become so, a priest. Become a priest. Like a lot yes. of people in this industry, which everyone thinks you're going to say police officer, but it's priest for you. That's really interesting. Priest. So I, um, I, I graduated um, graduated Catholic high school, planning on going in the seminary, and they asked me to go to a secular college for a year, which I did. Um, and while there, I picked up a part-time job actually with Stop and Shop, uh, catching shoplifters. Um, after that year was over, I ended up going into the seminary. Um, I spent about a semester there, um, still with a part-time job on the side. And after that semester, I, I think I questioned as to if I was in the right place, so went back into um, LP full-time until I figured out really what I wanted to do. Um, and the, the rest is sort of history that I'm, uh, I'm now married with kids. So I'm uh, um, not, not uh, on that other career path any longer. Well, that's really interesting. I have to say that as a talk LP first, <laughs> that it was priesthood or loss prevention. I'll have to say the industry is stoked that you took the route that you did, as I'm sure your children are, because they wouldn't even be here, and your wife, of course, but um, <laughs> that's it's, really it's, interesting. It's actually similar as I talked with people, I said, in both professions, I said, I, I would have had the opportunity to hear confessions. I just uh, have dealt with them a little differently in this career path than would have in the other career paths. Some people that don't know you don't know that you are hilarious. I'm telling you, if you hang out with you more than five seconds, you have you have them in stitches because that's hysterical. <laughs> so yeah, confession is just a different type. So confession was kind of like the thread in between those two careers that you really wanted to hear some confessions and now you're getting some. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so talk a little bit about, you know, it's really interesting to me, someone who can't play a, can't play politics, if you will, right? So clearly I had to start my own thing um, because so, I'm not good at that whole game. But when you're in a position as you are and then you see such expansive growth, right? I mean, I'm sure through mergers, acquisitions and all of these things, like what would you say is like, and I this gets into some of our questions here as far as life lessons, leadership lessons. And to me, it's like, how do you survive in that type of environment for so long. I mean, is it like you have to be kind of a chameleon or like what is your um, advice for people that may be in a similar position? Yeah, it's really roll with the punches um, and evolve um, as as the um, company evolves, whether it's um, in a company with reorganizations or, or through growths, mergers and acquisitions is to, um, nothing stays the same for long. Um, change is constant and just being able to, to evolve to the new normal. Um, and um, it's given me you know, great opportunities for um, instead of um, being in a situation that you're everything's all built out for you and you're just fulfilling a plan, actually having to build, build programs and to be able to work those and then um, evolve and change them as the, um, as the landscape changes. Which that must be really challenging, you know, when I hear our colleagues in the industry say, oh, well, you know, I've, I have a new boss again, right? Like these folks that have different leadership in kind of continuous fashion, and you have to make the case for the loss prevention department, your plan, it's almost like you're in sales, 
you know, like I'm, I'm interested, like when you think about that and all of the times I'm assuming that you had to do that, like, what's that like? I mean, you're essentially selling the value of the organization in your department, you know, multiple times over through 34 years. Yeah, it's been, it's a lot of it's being flexible, um, that there's no one way of doing something, um, that, um, as the organization changes is how do we, how do we fit in and make the case for, um, what we used to do and what we should do the place in the new organization. Um, but also understanding that, um, that the change is inevitable. And, um, I always say some of the most dangerous words are, well, that's the way we've always done it. We want to learn from the past, but not live in the past. Um, take the, the lessons and um, and evolve um, and um, it, you have the best shot at succeeding um, in the new new organization of the new structure as you move forward. Yeah, I love that. You want to learn from the past, but not live in the past. And and you know, it's it's really weird to to be on kind of a bystander for some of these big organizations where you know it's almost like a a wheel of oh new leadership consultant fire the head the VP of LP. New, you know, and then they get someone new, but then there's a new leadership consultant, fire the V. It's like, oh my gosh. And especially in these big organizations, you know, um, talk a little bit about like philosophies and, and, and start, I guess, with kind of your structure of your department, like how many people you have and kind of uh, how many are you managing or, or um, uh, in the different positions that I'm curious about that, but then talking about your advice leadership wise and managing these folks, especially, you know, when you're going through constant change, as you say. Yeah, we're, um, I, my team in total is about 80 people. Um, and so we, we do different functions that we don't deal with any, for the most part, the day-to-day issues that happen within the four walls of the stores, each of the brand asset protection teams, um, deal with those, but we, we support them, whether it's, physical security systems on the design, install, service of those systems. Um, everybody wants their cameras working correctly. Um, and so uh, keeping up on those um, and trying to keep up with the best in technology. Um, we have our investigations team because, again, the um, ORC and those rings, they don't see the name above the door. So it's, again, trying to connect those dots, working cross cross brand, cross industry to try to build some of those cases that will uh, affect our stores. Uh, the analytics piece, the data mining piece, and trying to uh, mine the POS and other data looking for uh, potential opportunities to, to impact loss. Um, we also have a supply chain, which over the past couple of years, we've actually taken our supply chain back in-house. Uh, it used to be hybrid, that it was some of it was self-distributed, some went through a wholesale, and we've moved um, we're in the final stages of moving completely into a self-distributed model. Yeah, um, so we have over 20 distribution centers now. Um, uh, we have, I think, our last one coming online shortly. Um, and so we we actually manage the supply chain asset protection function um, operationally. So um, it's uh, as you're integrating different operations together, just as, again, you're talking constant change and trying to integrate them and how to how do we support them in their unique um, needs um and then we we have our what we call today our central stations which we're trying to evolve into as i'm referring to the physical security operations center really taking monitoring more holistic is what how do we harness technology to um, support the stores protect the stores uh, more centrally um 
And then um, really a lot of the corporate AP functions uh, fall under our group, whether it's um, background checks, invoicing, uh, travel security, things like that. Um, my team takes so it's a lot of diverse roles within my group. Um, people are in um, some unique roles um, and um, in trying to um, support the, the day-to-day what's going on out in the stores. Yeah, that's, you're not very busy. <laughs> that's crazy. I think you named everything under the sun that, <laughs> that could go wrong you have in your uh, wheelhouse there. But curious though, you were talking about the technology piece and um, I know I didn't tell you I was going to ask this. So if you can't answer it, we'll cut it out. Everyone's like, ooh, they're listening in their headphones. But um, technology wise, you know, um, you're a bit of a techie, right? You you have to understand all of this stuff as, a, as, as you're, you know, answering questions and planning for future technology and in your stores and that kind of thing. I'm curious, like, is there a technology that you guys are utilizing that you're like, man, this is awesome. Like, is it, if it's something new that maybe you're, you were thinking of or piloting or, and I know you probably can't talk about piloting stuff, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, it might be CCTV that you're like, look, we're using it in a different way. I'm just curious. Like if there's from a technology perspective, something that you're like, you know what, right now in our current climate, this, this thing has been awesome. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that we're we're dabbling in, or we'd like to like to look into, um, and always working through our um, IT department to again try to integrate things. But um, there's a lot of great technology. But I'd say one right now that's um, has been around a little while, but has uh, been showing us some promise, particularly in the the current environment with concerns about associate safety and still wanting to stop product from leaving your store. The um, um, the cart containment systems, the, the, the per check or that, that's actually stopping shopping carts that are walking out of the store unpaid for, which isn't requiring direct associate um, engagement with the um, potentially dishonest customer at that time. Yeah. Um, it sort of bridged that gap. Um, while any technology, nothing's perfect. A lot of it's still store execution. It's, uh, it's one that um, we, we've been looking more at as to, again, how do you... Um, prevent that loss uh, from happening without getting your people directly engaged. Yeah. Because so, so if you don't know audience, he's talking about per check from gatekeeper systems, which is really interesting because they, the cart, if it doesn't go through a point of sale, right. It stops at the door, the cart itself stops at the door. And then the shoplifter kind of freaks out, but in a, not in a, not in a bad way because they basically end up leaving without your employees ever being in danger, which, you know, these days, Jim, it's like ridiculous how far we have to go to make sure our employees and customers are safe. So, yeah, that's that's really interesting. You guys have seen some success there. Yeah, it's definitely it's as to how do we how do we protect protect the product by adding the least amount of friction for the honest customers, yet keeping our associates safe. And it's uh, it seemed to check a lot of those boxes. And yeah, uh, so it's something we uh, we continue to explore further and with with, with success. Yeah, there's so much out there these days, you know, and and in our upcoming Apex conference, you know, I had to give that plug, right? We do have the session where it's like comprehensive technology because in your search for technology, I mean, we hear this a lot, the gone are the days where you can go in and ask for a million dollars for one investment, right? That it has to connect 
to different things to accomplish lots of goals instead of just like one thing. Are you seeing that internally as well? Like, look, you know, don't bring me a PO for one thing. Like it has to be connected. It's, and that I think is the ultimate goal is how you have the ecosystem of technologies processes rather than you have a widget for this, a widget for that is how do you have those different devices even work together? Um, I know some of the solution providers have talked about that is, is always had direct integration between widget A and widget B, but how do you, there's started to be some conversation out there in the industry as to how do you get multiple technologies sort of work together in future proofing, not the unknown in the future as to what other technologies could, if A happens that device B and device C could then participate in analyzing that event. Um, so I, I think that's probably the, the future if we can solve that um, issue. And I, I know there's a few solution providers that are active in it um, is to really, you, you have your ecosystem, which there's different technologies out there um, that can complement one another, um, yeah. but they don't have sole use. Almost like a full story, right? It's like tracking the bad guy from the parking lot with the license plate wreck to going in the lobby with the facial wreck to you know, the alert on the phone that says this guy's the ORC coming out, you know, it's like that. And then you're inputting it in aura or some case management system to connect all the dots. Like that's um what we're hearing to be kind of all the rage. So, all right, switching gears a little bit, getting back on track. Um, So, okay. We have all different levels of career listening in on the podcast. Um, typically, I'm sure today is no different. So when you think about your 34 year kind of progression, right? I mean, a lot of people are like, hey, that would be so cool to be over all that stuff. The gym is over. Like coming up, like what would you give advice wise for people, especially, you know, thinking that you've had to navigate these changing waters <laughs> too, right? Um, and come through it unscathed, which you have. So curious about your advice for those up and comers out there. I'd say is um, step out of your comfort zone. Don't just you you're in if you're a store level person you enjoy catching shoplifters and doing everything is, is that's fine for a while but then start to step out of that comfort zone um otherwise you may find yourself there um 30 years down the road and again if that's what you want there's nothing wrong with it but if you want more step out of your comfort zone um take take some uh take on some challenges uh, volunteer for different projects that may or may not be in your core function um, I, I look at asset protection as one of those areas that touches most areas of a company. So you have some exposure. Um, I, I know I had a lot of experience in my earlier days um, getting involved in point of sale um, rollouts in that because, again, there is an asset protection component. But does that knowledge is how do you shape um, some of those new technologies and you start to develop those connections and the networks um, and um get to get to be involved um but i think a lot of it too is asset protection really at its core is it's well there's a little bit of catching bad guys out there it's at the core of it it's solving problems there is a problem whether it's shrink it's theft it's violence is trying to find a solution um and uh, what there's no perfect solution there's no single solution but find solutions that that may work um it really don't be don't be stuck. Um, if you're yeah. if you're in a role, um, stuck behind a computer, behind a phone, behind a desk, 
um, problems aren't necessarily going to come to you. Go out um, and um, be, be mobile. Get out there. See the people in the stores. See the facilities. Um, sitting behind a desk all day um, is, uh, is you're not going to get the exposure that you will by by out there experiencing what's going on. Yeah. And what's so crazy is a lot of times we find too, you know, in the awareness side of our business is that sometimes this corporate folks that don't ever, like you're saying, visit the stores, think one thing's going a certain way in the stores. And then when we visit the stores, you know, it's like, oh no, we don't ever do that. Right. So you're truly getting like the real story when you're out visiting and, and seeing what is really happening in the stores. You get the unvarnished truth as to what's yeah. happening. And it also develops that connection. Uh, is really at the end of the day, um, working in retail, it's you're here for your customer, whether it's that customer who's coming in, spending the money, or it's those internal customers, the stores that are servicing those customers. And you always wanted to keep that connection in mind that we don't function, we, we don't have any cash registers in corporate offices. If we do, they're for testing. They actually don't bring in money, but yeah. it's out in the stores is, is why we are all here and yeah. always just visiting stores and that it helps keep that fresh in your mind is that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, okay. So also in the same vein, whether you're an executive listening to this or kind of an up and comer, you know, thinking about some things that might be, you know, on your to-do list, right? Like, okay, I'm planning to make sure I'm ready for this, right? I mean, if we could rewind and someone could say, well, we got to make sure that we have lots of masks and are planning for a worldwide pandemic, right? I mean, the next pandemic might not be on your list, hopefully not on anyone's list because it's not going to happen. But, you know, thinking about different challenges that you're like, hmm, we're really on online to figure this one out or kind of what's around the corner. Do you have anything for the audience like that? I think it's in the changing changing consumer environment, how customers are shopping, um, again, coming out of a pandemic, um, whether it's, again, what people, a lot of people looking at return to office, things like that. But in the return to stores is to customers shop different ways and being able to um, address the different ways the customers want to shop. Um, and um, again, all of them come with asset protection um, challenges and um, it's continuing to evolve, um, whether it's um, trying to get staffing for stores. Um, again, there's, there's lots of challenges out there that will continue to evolve um, with, uh, with technology and just um, always just being nimble. And, um, and how, do we, how do we continue to support the different ways of doing business as we, as we go yeah. through more changes? Yeah, what's interesting is to your point, like, Whoever would have thought like pre-pandemic that the explosion of I'm going to order all my stuff online and then just drive up to the slot and have people pick, you know, bring it out to my car. Right. I mean, there's so many grocers that's like they have their own staff picking product, bagging it and then taking it out to the car. And then and then as an asset protection person, you're like, wait. Was that their friend? Like you have to think of all the ways they're going to get you, you know, of that, right? Yeah, it's it's always, again, trying to evolve with how the customers want to shop and how we have to serve them. And again, how do you address those asset protection issues differently? Um, it's not like the old days that everybody came in, went through a cash register yeah. with a cashier there and a bagger and went through and 
uh, bought their groceries, whether it's through self-checkout or some of our brands do scanning those systems in the stores to the e-commerce that we may deliver product to people's homes. They may pull up outside to a side door um, and each store has a different configuration. So it's um, maybe a side door someone's pulling up to to, to get groceries. It's um, trying to evolve with those, um, in especially the pandemic and competition is you you need to change quick. So it's not a lot of time to review. Sometimes it's um, yeah. ready, it's like fire, on the aim. job training, right? Absolutely. <laughs> until you don't know to protect something from happening until it happens. And you're like, oh, wait, okay, now I got to make sure Susie's not getting drunk into a car because she's, you know, putting a bag of groceries in some sicko's car, you know? <laughs> I mean, what? Like, what's happening to this world, Jim? That's honestly where I want to see because I'm glad, I don't want to say I'm glad but at least asset protections like got it covered right i mean i think more and more companies are turning to positions like yours like what do we do and that's it seemed to start really ramping up in the pandemic i mean are you finding that yeah it's uh, the pandemic um urged creativity is you had to all sort of day by day changing as well how do we continue to continue to do this and again lots of ideas being thrown at a wall and some of it stuck, some of it didn't. Um, and it's one of those, I had a leader once who used to use, don't be afraid to fail, but just fail fast. Um, oh, I like it that. Work, figure it out quick and yeah. move on and try the next thing. If you don't try it, you'll you'll never succeed. Yeah. Okay. So a couple quick ones here. Um, okay. I don't know how you survive like your phone probably ringing off the hook. And there are some solution providers that are super respectful. Love you guys. Some that, you know, give you the old, I'm in your area wondering if you have a minute, right? So some advice uh, for solution providers trying to pitch you, you know, and then if they don't do it, you know, they didn't even listen to this, which you were like, okay, just get out of my office. <laughs> yeah. I'd say again, it, it with lots of friends that are in the industry that are in the solution provider side of the house. Um, um, we always, again, talk to folks that go from one side to the other, oh, you went to the dark side. But again, if it wasn't for solution providers, um, we wouldn't have obviously the solutions out there. So it's um, really a lot of it is building a relationship, um, educating me about what your solution is, um, but also learning that it may not fit right now for our environment and um, the worst thing you can do is try to force it um, because you'll probably get more pushback um, but it's really educating me on what the solution is so that when the right time is there i know that solution is there and then can engage in that further conversation but it's all the free trials and light it touches and all that all those promises are, are not if it doesn't fit in our environment um, right now yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's almost like a long game, right? I mean, it's like actually care about what I'm saying to you and then maybe it may work out for us later. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had, I can think of a couple solution providers who provided me with the overview of their innovative idea um, and provided feedback as to whether it was for our environment or the industry as a whole as to what I felt might be some shortcomings and um, I, I can think of a couple who took that feedback, I'm thinking from myself and many others, um, and evolved their product to, rather than trying to fit that square peg in a round hole, is to, um, to evolve and um, 
and be more successful and be able to truly solve those problems. Yeah, like those listening the ones to your audience, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you the option. You can take both if you'd like. Best advice, career. Best career advice slash worst career advice, right? So I'll give you the option because some some don't like to go the whole worst advice, but I don't know. I like the question. So what do you think? Well, I had someone once that I worked with who told me oh, networking is a waste of time. Um, <laughs> nothing will ever come. But it was always that person who would say, who do we know at wherever? And I would respond with, I don't know who we know, but I know who I know. <laughs> because you said networking is a waste of time, right? Exactly. And now you're asking, who do I know? Yeah. So it, was, I mean, it sort of ties in with the best advice. And that, again, building that network. Um, and it used to be building that Rolodex. Of course, I'd have to explain to some people what a Rolodex is. So we'll say your phone contacts. Yeah, it's your um, contact. It's that little contact button. You used to be able to flip it. I don't know. I love those things. <laughs> um, but I know if I look at my phone, I, I have several thousand contacts in there. Probably a third of them are out of date. But again, being able to develop that connection, uh, particularly in asset protection, one of the few departments that can actually engage and have discussions with our counterparts at the competition. Um, and I consider that my counterparts, a lot of competitors are actually friends of mine. They're not just people I know. Um, and we all know what we can discuss and what we can't discuss. Um, and we have that open open exchange and it's um, whether it's a business problem or it's someone to reach out who, who's been there and can provide the, uh, provide the support. Um, so that that networking is, um, is I found it been invaluable over the years. Yeah, it's interesting that I don't think it's very many times that you're looking for something or an answer and you like Google it, right? It seems to me this industry, it's like, okay, I'm going to call my friend. I'm good because most of your most of our problems are catching the bad guys, keeping our people safe. You know, those are all things that are, you know, open discussion. So it's like, hey, let me call it my my guy over at whatever, right? Um, which I love this. I love that about this industry. Okay, last question. I don't know if we already know the answer to this one based on our previous opening discussion, but if you weren't an LP executive, what career would you be doing now? The, well, obviously the one, I, I still don't know if I hadn't gone an LP, whether I would have been successful and then become a priest, but um Really, I think law enforcement has always been there in the back of the mind, but um, uh, attorney um, is um, is probably another one. Again, that whole legal legal realm. Yeah. Um, so, but it's um, but I, I enjoy. I look back um, again, thirty four years, and I still have um, quite some time ahead of me. Um, but it's um, I enjoy it because it's. The benefit is to, I find the world of asset protection, probably retail as a whole, no two days are alike. Uh, that's also a downside that new, no two days are alike. Um, but it's uh, it's usually more positive than it is uh, negative. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I, I love that about, you know, the work that we do. And it, it, you're never bored, right? Because it's you've got more people coming on, knocking on your door with, hey, Jim, how are we going to solve this? <laughs> Which, you know, I think you're too nice to be an attorney. So I'm glad you're like, on this okay. side. I don't know though. I haven't been in the interview with room with you getting that confession. So I don't know, but um, <laughs> look, we really appreciate you stepping into the talk LP hot seat for the podcast. So good to see you. And I look forward to seeing you in Nashville at Apex soon. Great. Thanks, Amber. Same here. Thank you for your time.
Thanks, Jim. Talk to you soon. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Download the Talk LP News app and you can always follow us um, at Let's Talk LP or LinkedIn. Why not, guys? Links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk at you later. See ya. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.